Pulp MX Network production. This is the Rocky Mountain ATV MC Kiefer Tested Podcast. The podcast you come to for the straight insight on all things motocentric. Hard parts, bikes, gear, suspension, motor mods, and more. It's Kiefer Tested. Here he is, Chris Kiefer. How's it going, everybody? Happy New Year! What is up? My name is Chris Kiefer. Stoked to be here with you guys in 2021. You guys, of course, entered into the wonderful world of the Rocky Mountain ATVMC.com. Kiefer Tested Podcast presented by FXR Racing and Racetech. That was kind of like my radio voice. All right, everybody. 97.9 FM, 97 degrees outside in Southern California. That would be my um, 95.5 KLOS radio voice. Always wanted to be a DJ. Of course, you know the other story on that, too. I wanted to be something else, but we won't talk about that. We're going to try to keep this as PG as possible on the Kiefer Tested Podcast. However, if you guys would like more of an R-rated-ish version of a podcast, Coffee with the Kiefers is up. Episode 7 just arrived, and what's cool is Coffee with the Kiefers deals with all different kinds of stuff, family problems, child issues, the the ups and downs of family life, all different kinds of things, racing, riding, so many other things that uh, just encompass life in general. And it has its own station now, so you don't have to go get it at the Kiefer Tested spot. You can go simply search Coffee with the Kiefers on iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcast. And it has its own proprietary station. So go check that out. Again, hope you guys' holidays was good. Uh, usually I try to take a couple weeks off, unplug from doing all this kind of stuff. Uh, talking, typing, writing. Mother Nature had other things in mind for me, though. It rained out here in Southern California. So guess what? My son and I, <laughs> we rode six days in a row just building turn tracks, riding current tracks. Because out here when it rains in California... It is insane. We don't really go to the hills and hit kickers and get free shit. No, we don't. We go hit turn tracks, try to work on corner drills, and just do motos. That's kind of what we do here in Asperia, California. So it's been a fun downtime with the family. Hope you guys had a good holiday as well. And I know it's Monday, back from the holidays. You guys are back to work. But don't fret. We're going to have a good time here today. We're going to talk about basically what we do here this year is a non-shootout, right? So we did that with the 450 side. Now I'm going to do that, hit you with the 250 side, going to give you seven, several, <laughs> seven different kinds of bikes. Uh, we're going to go over 11 different categories of riders, break down five different areas of the motorcycle, and we're just going to talk a little bit and have some fun, of course. You know, it's going to be lighthearted, going to give you guys some good information. But nonetheless, we're going to try to hone in on what bike is right for you if you're out looking to get a 250 motocross bike. Trust me, right now it is tough to find a new motorcycle at dealerships that are not just going to rape you, right? So hopefully by the time you guys listen to this, the dealerships will have restocked up on some motorcycles and uh, you guys are wanting to get one, you can go buy one. But listen to this podcast first because I will talk a little bit about each character of the motorcycle and at the end of this, we'll break down 11 categories. And of course, I'll go over these categories pretty slow for you guys if you're driving or whatever, so you can kind of 
understand which type of rider you are, and we'll break that all down here. But first thing first, let's pay some bills. It's 2021. I just kind of want to go over the sponsors that have been kind enough to jump on board with the show. I usually don't front load a podcast with all of my sponsors, but I really wanted to do this for the inaugural 2021 show. So first things first, RockyMountainATVMC.com is the trusted online source for parts, accessories, gear for dirt bikes, side-by-sides, ATVs, and street bikes. Low prices, guys. Unparalleled customer service. Free three-day shipping. It's so easy to see why you guys should be shopping over there. I just did. I spent 500 bucks over the weekend to get some parts loaded up for Aiden's bike. Yes, I do purchase stuff. I just don't get free shit all the time. I try to support the people that support this show. If you guys want to go purchase something on Rocky Mountain, go to my website, keyforingtesting.com, click on the RMATVMC banner, and then continue to live your life, do your shopping, and that gives us a slice of what you're purchasing, and it does help out a lot. Guys, trust me, I've been watching what you guys are buying, and it's awesome to see. So thank you that. Thank you to the guys who uh, have been doing that, and of course, thank you, RMATVMC.com. FXR Racing, new to the 2021 Kiefer Tested World. Not new to me, however. FXRRacing.com. Use the code KKMX35. Save 30% off anything over at FXR Racing. Great gear. My favorite gear right now is the Helium set of gear. There's a red, uh, yellow, and black set that I love. I'm going to be coming up with my own set, my own line of gear, April-ish. So I'm going to have my own colorway, my own material. Very excited to introduce that to you guys. There's going to be a limited quantity of that stuff, so hopefully when that stuff gets ready to come out, I will tell you. You can get online, use the code, purchase the Kiefer Inc. testing gear. No, I am not going to name it Kit. People are like, hey, name your gear Kit. No, I'm not going to do that. That's lame. I'm old. I don't use the word Kit. And if I do, slap me in the face if you see me. You're just random dude walking in the pits one day and I get slapped in the face. You should just point at me and go, you know why. You know why. Because I use the word kit. Go visit them, fxrracing.com. Great company, great gear. And, of course, Race Tech is back again for 2021. Get your suspension serviced. At least. I go 15 to 20 hours and then I service mine. I'm not saying that you guys need to do that. 25 hours is a good, reasonable mark. Get bushing, seals, oil replaced. If you want a revalve, hit me up, Chris, at KeeferInkTesting.com. I'll get you in contact with the guys over at Racetech, get you a discount, and uh, get a more comfortable ride out on the track or the trail with Racetech.com. ScreenPrintingDone.com. If you guys want to get some T-shirts made up, uh, we're making up some coffee with the Kiefer coffee mugs, T-shirts, sweaters, hats, hoodies, beanies, whatever it is. ScreenPrintingDone.com. Neil is a badass over there. That's who does all of my merch. So if you guys are wondering, mentioned Kiefer when you go to ScreenPrintingDone.com and you talk to Neil, and uh, he'll get you 10 to 12 free shirts. Awesome that Neil does that. ProTaper, ProTaper.com. Look it. We don't need to talk about handlebars. You guys know what I'm like with handlebars. I am a pain in my ass. My own ass. It's like... Ace, what is it? Ace, not Ace Ventura. When he's uh, oh liar, liar. When he's saying I'm kicking my own ass, that's me. When it comes to handlebars, uh, Pro Taper, four millimeter wall on the Evo. They flex. They don't vibrate as much as those stock piece of crap bars on the KTM. 
Do yourself a favor. Go to ProTaper.com. Search what bends you like. You're a crossbar guy, a non-crossbar guy. They have it. Fusion or Evo Bar. Been trying both, but Pro Taper is my bar of choice, and they're on with the Kiefer Tested Podcast for 2021. Eric and the guys over at Worst Connection, you want the badass perch? You want a buttery, smooth clutch? Head over to WorksConnection.com and get yourself an Elite Works clutch lever. Awesome. And, of course, Adrian over at Ride Engineering, you want to do some Ride Engineering links? You want to get a lowering link? Uh, you want to get some clamps? Adrian, I, what I like about Adrian is he tests, he rides, he passes the stuff to me. I kind of confirm with him if it's good or not, and then he puts it in production. So um, I know there's some problems over there in the in the, in the the swap moto uh, ride engineering world, but I can tell you guys right now, the stuff that I've, at least I've been working with Adrian is uh, is good stuff. And if you see some stuff over on keyforinktesting.com that I've reviewed, um, you can see that. So if you have any questions about that, you can email me. Chevrolet of Colleen, Texas. That's right, a Chevy dealer like a rock. Good old Bob Seeger. You guys are looking to get in the Chevy? We bought our Blazer through Chevrolet of Colleen in Texas. They delivered it to us. It's awesome service. Get a hold of me. I'll get you in touch with those guys, get you down the road in a Chevy. Ridgeline's still here in the in the garage, still here, but slowly taking over. We got a Chevy, so some of you guys will be happy to know that. Won't be busting my balls about the Ridgeline. Power Motorsports. They're back. You guys want a KTM, Kawasaki, Yamaha? Dude, David Sibley is the guy over at Power Motorsports, and he can hook you up with the best deal around. And they have a big, huge stock of motorcycles. So if you guys are looking for a KTM, Kawasaki, or a Yamaha, Chris at KieferInkTesting.com. I will get you in touch with David over there, get you the Kiefer Inc. testing price. Right now, they have YZ450Fs, 8800 out the door. Boom. That's what I'm saying. Hey, how about going racing? You want to do some racing in 2021? You're an old fart? Heck yeah. Don't worry. I'm there too. OregonOldTimers.com, Old Timers Association. Their series starts February 27th and 28th out at Canyon MX in Arizona. Then March 13th and 14th in Fernley, Nevada. And of course, you're going to see me there. Glenn Helen is next. Just following that the next month. And then Mesquite again. So if you guys want to go racing, have long motos, it's a good series. They're good dudes. They're enthusiasts. They love the Pulp Show. They listen to the Kiefer Tested Show. I'm going to go do some more things with those guys in 2021. The first five guys that enter Glen Helen mentioned Kiefer Tested. I will pay your entry to Glen Helen. I will see you there. We'll line up together, and we'll moto. Thanks to the guys over at OregonOldTimers.com. Blood Lubricants, you want some great... Great. I'm telling you guys what. I've been using blood for a little bit over a year and I uh, wasn't a huge fan of synthetic oils, especially in the Yamaha. I thought the clutch slipped, didn't like it. Um, and then the blood guys came over to me and said, hey, can you try our synthetic stuff? And I'm like, yeah, don't really want to try it because I know what it's going to do. And they're like, hey, man, it's a little bit different blend. Uh, we formulate our own oils and you just need to try it. So I ran it in one of my test bikes for about, I don't know, Two to three weeks. Actually, two weeks, I never changed my oil. So I rode about three days a week. So about six to seven times on the same oil. Never got any clutch slippage. The lifespan of my engine has been better. Cooler temperatures. Um, Those guys over there just do it the right way. And maybe they're not the most popular oil brand out there right now, which I kind of like. I kind of like the underdog, you know. 
as long as you got a good product. And those guys over at Blood Lubricants, they have a great product. So check those guys out. There is a discount code on a case of oil. You can get 25% off if you mention Kiefer. 6D helmets, guys. They're back. 2021. Got a discount code. You want 100 bucks off on a helmet? Well, Kiefer 21 will save you 100 bucks on a 6D ATR1 or ATR2. Great helmets. You guys know that I've been preaching 6D for a long time. I put my kid in a 6D when he was very little. Bob and the guys over there, they do really, really great work. They set the bar high for helmet safety back in the day. And look how many other companies now are following their lead. Um, I wore a Fly Formula helmet last year. Great product. Honestly, I would say the Fly brand and the Formula got better because of 6D and how they pushed the, um, the limits on safety and forced everyone to up their game. So go to 6dhelmets.com. Check them out. There's all different kinds of colorways. Like I said, Kiefer 21. Save yourself some money. Get yourself a 6D. Throw me a picture up on your Instagram. I want to check you out in your 6D. And, of course, Twin Air, supplying filters for all of our test bikes here. The best filters in the game. Twin Air filters. You can go to TwinAir.com. Check out what they have. Power flow kits for the YZ450F and 250F. If you want a little bit more bottom in and a better filter cleaning system, power flow kit, TwinAir.com. All right, guys. So sorry about the long front load of reads and sponsors, but I want to give those guys the due that they deserve um, they keep this thing up and moving, and we're not going to do this every episode. I know you guys just sat through 10 minutes of of ads, so to speak, but um, that stuff comes from my heart. They're here because I like the product, and uh, if you guys can, listen to the commercials. Save yourself some money. There's also some great stuff, information inside those commercials as well. All right, let's move this thing along. The show, Happy New Year. Holy shit, 2021, 250, non-shootout. Let's just break these bikes down right now. So hopefully you guys are interested in a 250. And this is not just for uh, the younger kids. 250Fs are great for vet riders. We're going to talk about the vet riders. I've said it before. Some of the most fun that I have had is on a 250F motocross machine. If it's tuned right, you got an ECU, a little bit of engine work, and a pipe and silencer or a muffler, sorry. Dude. It is a blast for me to ride. 170, I don't know, I'm 175 pounds now over Christmas. Holy crap, I gained some weight. But man, there are certain bikes that I really like because I can lug or I can uh, be hyperactive and rev. There's all different types of machines that cater to different types of riders. So like I said, over 11 categories of riders. We're going to break them down. Let's start with the Kawasaki KX250. Kawasaki did an amazing job for 2021. Even though we're not doing a shootout, I would have to say after I rode all of these bikes, this bike would be near the top of my list to own and have to ride. Why? I am more, and I'll break you down what I'm like. I like a slower, just a slightly slower turning motorcycle. I don't need a razor sharp cornering motorcycle. I need a bike that can corner good. But then I want stability. So when I'm ready to go fast, and let's say you guys are ready to send it and pin it one day, you want a bike that's planted, that feels nice, that has comfort. This is the KX in 2021. I couldn't really say that about the Kawasaki last year and the year before that, but all of the changes that they have made in 2021, you can go back into my backlog of podcasts and, of course, on the website and and read all about what they changed, but... It has been a pleasure to ride this bike. Aiden, my son, 
liked the bike so much, we had this dilemma, and you can go to Racer X Films and check that out, but he had a dilemma on what bike he wanted to ride for 2020, the Honda or the Kawasaki. He rode a Kawasaki the year before and wasn't a huge fan of it. So he was similar like me. So the engine character of the Kawasaki doesn't have as much bottom end as, let's say, a YZ250F, right? But what it does have now, it has that KTM-esque revving ability. Mid-range to top end, this thing pulls far. And it has, like I said, uh, a lot of rear wheel connection down low. Not going to blow your socks off down low and be like, holy shit, it has tons of torque. No. It comes on smooth. You make your shift to third gear, and it pulls it. Recovery is nice in the engine area on the KX. A little fan of the clutch. If you do make a mistake, it's back up in the RPMs. I like that. Um, the downside to the engine, like I said, if you're a heavier rider and you're looking to be a little bit lazier, I would want a little bit more of a torquey power like the Yamaha if I'm pushing 190 pounds vet guy and I'm trying to race some of my brethren out there on a 450s, right? So um, for me... 150, 170 pounds. Shit, even Aiden, he's 125, 130 pounds. He loves the KX. Could be really good for a rider that's just coming off of 125s as well, but we're going to break those things down here later in this podcast. But nonetheless, the engine is a pleasure to ride. Mucho improved. I see a pattern going on with some of these changes that these manufacturers are doing. Most of these guys now are trying to build more mid-to-top-end power when they're building these engines. I've seen Yamaha go away from some of that bottom-end feel. They're trying to stretch their power out a little bit more in the mid-to-top-end as well. So Kawasaki has succeeded in doing that, and they've done that with not a lot of vibration. I know we don't talk about vibration a lot in these shows, especially in the 250 world, but there are some bikes, a.k.a. the KTM, Husqvarna, and Gas Gas, that vibrate more than others. The Yamaha vibrates a little bit through the handlebars and the pegs. The Kawasaki, low on vibration. Surprisingly enough, Honda, low on vibration. Unlike the 450 brother Honda, where it vibrates more than I would like. <laughs> Trust me. But uh, I just see uh, the Kawasaki. They've done a great job. They've built an engine that's, that's usable for a lot of people. And uh, it's a fun bike to ride. Chassis-wise, again, stable. It's not the best cornering machine out there, but it does track a rut nice. Cornering stability is also important, people. It's not just the lean in and how sharp it gets in, but what about once you're in to that fucking rut? What about once you're into that thing, right? And you want some stability. You don't want it to be you know, feeling harsh or have some oversteer. You want to get in there nicely and stick and then get your ass out of there you know, drop your lap times. At least that's what I'm about. I still like to, to try to ride fast and get lower lap times. And, and cornering stability is something that I look for in a machine. Suspension, man, let me tell you. <laughs> KYB is a good company to have built comfort around, okay, around yourself. KYB always reminds me of comfort. Showa, on the other hand, a little bit more performance-based, but... Kawasaki split their suspension for 450 and 250, 250 going with KYB. I feel like if this suspension was on the 450, it would be even better. And the 450 Kawi is good, right? And the Showa suspension on the Kawi is good, really good. But 2021 KYB, 
a little bit soft on the fork for me, but consistent, nice, comfort, stable, um, doesn't do anything, uh, doesn't deflect. I can go to Glen Helen and charge down the hill, and yes, a little bit soft, but it's not unloading and then springing me back. Has good dampening qualities in the suspension. Um, I run the SAG around 105, and to me, the balance of the machine around the track, even the tighter tracks that we go to here in Southern California, still have a good feel. If you are a little bit heavier, you're going to have to go spring up on both ends. I think I would go spring up on the fork for me, and then I would leave the rear shock spring alone. If you're 190, I would go spring up on each. But for me, shock spring is good. Fork spring could go up a little bit, but nonetheless, suspension has a lot of comfort. One of the best suspension packages in this non-shootout. If we were ranking them, I think I would rank it second. Very good. Um, Ergos for me. Thank God for a fat bar. I'm not a huge fan of the Renthal fat bar because it is a little bit rigid, but I love the bend of it. When I get on the Kawasaki, the cockpit feels nice. Aiden is like 5'9 now. He's growing, and to me, the Kawasaki fits him the best than the Honda. Honda has great ergos as well, but I just feel like there's a little bit more room on the Kawasaki, and they give you a little bit more options to move around on the bike with the pegs and the bar mounts being able to, to get moved around to accommodate your size. So I like that. Brakes and bars. I'm not a huge fan of the skinny brake levers. Every time I get on that thing, I'm like, ah, I get a little callus, a little blister on my finger because it's just too narrow. I would go to a Works Connection or ARC. I don't think even, I don't even know Works Connection makes a hydraulic uh, clutch lever. I know they don't make the perch, elite perch style. Um, but I know Worst Connection does offer ARC, and I know they have ARC levers if you want to go to a little bit bigger of a lever on the Kawasaki. So that is the KX in a, in a nutshell there. Very good package, easy to ride, better engine. Moving on to the Yamaha. What can you say about the Yamaha? Well, I can say a lot about the Yamaha because I get a lot of emails about the Yamaha about what maps I should try. And I, oh, Let me go back to the Kawasaki real quick. So the KX has still has the coupler system, right? There is maps on my website that improve a little bit more bottom and get you more pulling power in the mid-range. Check those maps out. And yes, you can use the white or green coupler in that. So still not as easy as the Yamaha power tuner, but nonetheless, it's a coupler system. It's nice. It's, it's not huge um, and a huge deal to, to change, but they do have an FI calibration tool similar uh, to the old-school Yamaha power tuner one they had, but still not as easy as this YZ, right, guys? The power tuner app is amazing. You can go to my website. I have Kiefer Free Feeling Map. There's another map on the 2021 YZ250F that I love, that I tried, that I kind of created with, with Stevie over there at Yamaha. Uh, he put that in my bike at the intro, and it gave me a little bit stretch the engine out mid to top end range. This is what I wanted from the 2021. I was a little bit disappointed in the way they've lost a little bit of bottom-end power on the YZ250F in 2021. It, it's not huge, so don't freak out and email me and say, holy shit, there's no more torque. Yes, still has the most torque in class, but we're losing a little bit of it, guys. We're, they're going down a little bit, and they're trying to stretch the mid-to-top-end out. They succeeded in that a little bit, but to me, the juice isn't worth the squeeze. I would rather have that torque back and get a little bit of a short mid to top end and just short shift this son bitch 
because this is what this bike likes. There's not really a, a, a 250F that'll pull my fat ass in third gear around a track. However, if you are that type of guy, you're a vet guy, you're a lazy guy, this is the only machine that can get away with it the most. No, it's not going to pull you out in third gear right away, but a little bit of fan of the clutch, a little bit more recovery that this Yamaha has will do that in third gear. You can lug it. And if you gear it up, do the Jody on it, it will help you run third gear, let you a little bit, um, get you a little bit lazier and get your lap times down a little bit and work smarter, not harder. That's the Yamaha engine character. You don't have to rev the shit out of the Yamaha. Ride it like a 350 slash 450. Second gear, come out of that corner, shift early. It obliges you. It'll be like, all right, I like this guy who's on me right now. This, this rider knows what's up. It's short shifting. That's the Yamaha. I tried to ride the Yamaha like the Kawasaki and didn't like it. First of all, the muffler sounds like ass. Uh, the muffler sound is atrocious. I don't know what's going on. I, I, when I first wrote it the day and it was new packing, I was like, oh, it's a little bit quieter than last year. I think I even typed that in one of my articles. It's a little bit quieter. Well, spent a race or two on it. Oh, my gosh. It is loud. I thought the whole thing was going to fall apart. So repacking the muffler is going to be important or just simply going to a different muffler will be important on this Yamaha. The downside of going to an aftermarket muffler is you're probably not going to get as much bottom end or more bottom end with an aftermarket muffler. If you get away with going to an FMF slip-on, you'll get as much as stock, but you're not going to get more. But still, sound does <laughs> way better on an FMF versus the stock one. So this map that's up on keyforingtesting.com will give you a little bit more mid-to-top-end range. I want a little bit more over-rev. I felt like it just revved out too much. I used fourth gear a lot on the YZ250F. So for me, I wanted to just be able to use third gear more and stretch it out longer, right? So there is a map that does help that situation. It doesn't take bottom end away. It just kind of enhances third gear pulling power. So you might want to check that out if you guys want a little bit more stretch out of your engine. Chassis, to me, this is where the Yamaha has the most improvement is in the chassis, okay? The 2021 chassis corners better better cornering stability, and then better straight line stability. To me, the bike just feels a little bit more flickable. That's right, using old school words here. Flickable to move around on tighter tracks, or let's say you guys are on the East Coast right now bitching at me and saying I don't ride East Coast tracks. This chassis would suit you guys better than the 2021 chassis because it gets into ruts a lot better than the 2020 version. The 2021, um, sorry, the 2020 version just feels a little bit beefier, like a little bit of a heavier woman. Um, not a fat woman, just a little fluffier woman. 2021, same woman, refined, a little tightened it up. It's like she had a New Year's resolution and she just tightened it up a little bit and she's more agile. This is the 2021 YZ250F. A little bit more agile, not like uh, a CRF250R, but I would say as agile in corners as a Kawasaki KX250. It just, for you guys out there coming off of another bike, yes, it does feel a little bit wide in the midsection, a little bit more girth. Give yourself some time. Give yourself more than three laps to be like, oh, this thing's a piece of shit. It's too fat. It need 
<laughs> it needs a little bit more time from you to get used to it. I ride a Yamaha for a day. I'm fine. But I do understand what you guys are bitching about when you guys come off of another bike. You're like, holy shit, I can't get my, my leg up. You can. You just got to learn how to deal with the shroud being a little bit thicker in that area. In, in all reality, if you measure tip to tip, shroud to shroud, <laughs> I said tip to tip. If you measure from shroud end to shroud end, right, that measurement isn't that much bigger than a Honda or a Kawasaki. I sat in the shop one day and measured these out. Not that much bigger. Not anything to warrant me going, oh, yeah, it's way worse. So if you read other magazines saying, oh, wow, it's way worse riding the Yamaha, that's bullshit because I measured it out. It's not that worse. So give yourself a little bit more time. But the chassis is improved, more stable, better cornering. Good job to those guys over in the R&D to make that chassis a little bit better. Suspension, you guys know this. The SSS fork is the best fork out there. I go back and forth all the time on the Yamaha, right? Yamaha is like my baseline machine when I compare suspension or chassis to other bikes. You get on a Yamaha and you're just like, dude, I don't feel, let's say, let's just round out. Let's say there's 60 bumps in a track. I may feel half of those on a Yamaha versus all 60 on a KTM or Husqvarna, right? Because a little bit more stiff, stiffer feeling, a little bit more rigid. The Yamaha just has a softer feel to it, and this is what this KYB suspension brings to the table. It has great feel on the track. There's a lot of tire contact patch. You can just feel the ground more with the Yamaha because of this suspension. The Ergos need help. I'm not going to sit here and lie. I, am, uh, I wish I could drop the pegs 10 down and 10 back, and I think we'd be a little bit better off being 6 foot. You're 5'8", 5'7", no problems. You're over six foot. You're going to want to help yourself out, get a different bar bend, um, push those mounts or keep those mounts in the forward hole. I am not a forward hole guy. I'm a rear hole guy. I've tried it several times. I just can't do it. I feel like I can't get into my corners as good in the rear hole. So put those things back in the in the rear. I'm sorry. I, I can't get along with the, the hole in the front. So... That's where they come stock, right, in the front hole. Put them back into the rear hole with a mount forward, and for me, at six foot, it helps me corner. Now, it doesn't do anything enough for me to be like, oh, it really just cramps my cockpit. You can't really feel it in that area where you're like, oh, yeah, I have less room. I just have a little bit better feel in corners when I move those suckers back. So... If you're six foot and under, just try it. Try going back to the rear hole with the mount flipped forward and see if you can corner better. You can do it at the track. Super easy to do. Takes 10 minutes. Not a huge issue. You can uh, set your bars. And speaking of bars, the bar band is good. If you guys are looking for that kind of bar band, SX Race Pro Taper Evo, that mimics the Yamaha bar band. The bar itself doesn't vibrate a lot, but it is stiff. You can go to Pro Taper, get a little bit more flex out of it. But nonetheless, the Ergos need help on the Yamaha. Hopefully, Yamaha addresses this coming into 2022. I do not know anything about a 2022 Yamaha, so stop emailing me. It's not like Travis comes over here and just spills his guts about what's coming out. He doesn't say anything, so... I would assume we would have something new from Yamaha in 2022. That should be right on target, right? Like that would be the one 
year that, hey, it's every four years we're going to do something. Well, 2022 should be the year. So if they do, let's hope they manage the ergo situation. Brakes, awesome on the new Yamaha. Uh, I'm not saying they're as powerful as Brembo, but they have come a long way. They're very usable. And for me, they get the job done. Now let's lump these guys in together. KTM, Husky, and Gas Gas. This company doesn't like when I do this, <laughs> but it's just going to be easier for me to do this on the podcast because it condenses it. We're not going to be sitting here talking about every bike. So, yes, the Husqvarna does have a 10-millimeter lower setting in the suspension, fork, and shock. The Gas Gas and the KTM have the normal length uh, shock and fork. The Husky has... Um, a different swing arm, muffler, and subframe than the KTM. The Gas Gas has the KTM subframe and the Husqvarna swing arm with its own head pipe. You with me in all that? <laughs> Trust me, I didn't have that written down, but this is burned into my brain. Let's start with the GG. That's short for Gas Gas, so moving forward with this podcast. If I say GG, it's the red uh, machine, okay? So the GG has a non-resonance chamber on the head pipe. This gives this bike more RPM response. Right away when I rode the Gas Gas, I was like, wow, this thing is snappy and exciting. It doesn't really feel like a Husqvarna or a KTM where Husqvarna is smoother down low. KTM's a little bit more exciting than the Husqvarna. So the Gas Gas has some RPM response, some, some excitement. I'm like, woo, this is, this is nice. I revisited it. Um, this on another day and confirmed it when I wrote all these other ones back to back. The Gas Gas doesn't have any more bottom end. It just has more RPM response because that resonance chamber is not there on the head pipe. That is for sound. And that's what KTM and Husqvarna have. KTM is a little bit different one um, that they started out with early. Uh, Husqvarna was a little bit different, but now if you look, what I call a little Bulbasaur. <laughs> That's what I call that little piece, that resonance chamber and the on the head pipe on the KTM and, and the Husqvarna. It just looks like a little bulb, like the, the head pipe's pregnant or if it's a snake and it ate a mouse or something. That's what it looks like. Um, gas Gas doesn't have that, a.k.a. more throttle response. It does have better mid-range pulling power, a.k.a. mid-range RPM response as well. So if I'm encompassing all of these three together... The Gas Gas just has more excitement for me. I prefer a Gas Gas engine feeling. Now, the KTM does pull a little bit longer on top than the Gas Gas, and the Husqvarna pulls a little bit longer on top slash over rev than both of those put together. So, depends on where you want your power, is which type of steel frame bike that you would choose. For me, because 250 class is more about engine, right? Since we're dealing with similar uh, AER forks, similar uh, WP rear shock, yes, the 10 millimeter thing does come into play, but nonetheless, the feeling of all three of these bikes in the suspension world is the same. What I would really go for if I was purchasing these bikes would be engine. And for me, the Gas Gas has a better engine feeling, more RPM response, and a little bit funner to ride, even though it doesn't come with, with a map switch. 
big fucking deal. I don't care. I'm sorry to say this to you guys. I don't really fuck with the map switch when I'm on the Husqvarna KTM. I choose which one I like. I'm in that map all the time. It's not like I'm going, all right, like I want to map two up the hill. I'm going to map one out here in this low end. No, I, I'm leaving it. If I like map two, map two is my guy all the time. So map one is in the gas gas inside of it. All right. There's nothing. You can't program it unless you buy $170 map switch. Then you can go back and forth, toggle it and play around with map one, map two. But built in into this gas gas is map one. And that gives me enough bottom end that I'm happy. Hell, gas gas's map is better than map two, which is a little bit more aggressive map on the Husqvarna KTM. So for me, I'm good with the gas gas without having a map switch. I'm not going to go spend 170 bucks on it. If you guys are not like me, go ahead. It's cheap, easy to do. Put it on, boom, it's available to you. But for me, if I was going to have a, a more fun 250F, I would go to a Vortex anyway. Vortex ECU wakes that bitch up. Then you have 10 pre-programmed maps that you can go through. So that's what I would do. So if you're looking for an engine that is exciting, yet has a lot of rear-wheel traction, it climbs nice, these three bikes are really good. Just the Gas Gas has a little bit more of all of those put together. Chassis. Let's talk about chassis. Similar feeling in all bikes. The Gas Gas does vibrate a little less than the KTM or Husqvarna. The Husqvarna is second, um, and the KTM is the worst out of all of these. Husqvarna is better because it has a pro taper bar. The Gas Gas and KTM still use that neck and bar. Uh, the Gas Gas does have a different triple clamp that, even though solid mounted, still has less vibration than the KTM. So go figure. Um, this is just what I feel. Um, again, so a little bit less vibration coming through the gas gas. Chassis-wise, they all feel the similar. Uh, they have good stability. It's an all-around good chassis. It's a little bit firmer uh, than the KX, the YZ. Um, I wouldn't say rigid, okay? I wouldn't say it's rigid. It just has a stiffer feel. You do feel a little bit more of the track with the KTM Husqvarna and the gas gas chassis than you do with the Japanese bikes, besides the RMZ. The RMZ is, uh, is gnarly when it comes to being stiff. It's way too stiff. You feel an anthill on an RMZ. But nonetheless, cornering is superb on all three of these bikes. I'm going to venture to say I can corner a KTM Husqvarna. Well, let's put it this way. I can venture to say I can corner a Gas Gas or a KTM better than anything else in this non-shootout. The Husqvarna needs a little bit more RPM response for me to make it corner better. Because that helps it get it in and out of the corner. But man, I can lay these bikes down inside of a rut easier than any other machine that I'm talking about today. Um, what I also like in the chassis is even though I feel like it's stiffer, I still have a lot of rear wheel traction. Usually when you have a stiffer nature chassis, you don't have as much rear wheel traction when the track goes to shit. But, man, these three bikes have lots of front-end feel. They have uh, a lot of rear-wheel traction. I have more tire contact patch than anything other, um, any, anything in the shootout. So, um, which is amazing because 
I am not a huge fan of the AER fork. This is why I'm kind of like balking a little bit when I'm talking to you guys because it's hard. If this thing – okay, I'm going to break it down. I just threw my pin down. If KTM would just wake up, okay, Mr. President of KTM, hi, I'm Chris Kiefer. Is there any way us consumers can get a spring fork on these fucking bikes in production form? Look, I appreciate uh, what you're trying to do with Air Fork. I understand it's lighter. I understand it's more adjustability. But let's face it. You gave it a, you gave it a go, just like you do with your PDS shock, right? You, you gave it hell. Congratulations. But it's just not working out for us. Trust me. Uh, I've tried many times, and the comfort is simply not there like it is a spring fork. So, dear KTM president, this is an open letter to you. If you could just go to a spring freaking fork in production form, there would probably be no one that could touch you guys in shootouts, non-shootouts, sales, or anything. The air fork is a nightmare. I don't want to check my air pressure every single time I go to the track. And when I do, I would expect it to be better than a spring fork. It is not. They do not work as good as spring forks. I would gladly pay an extra $200 in my production bike if I had a spring fork. Make a bitchin' spring fork. Um, Hell, bring back the old open bath fork and improve the valving, and that's better then an AER fork. Closing letter. Sincerely, Chris Kiefer. Thank you. However, I will say this to, to the guys over there in Austria. This air fork is obviously the best air fork. We've all you guys hear me say this, you hear other people say this. Yeah, there's not a lot to choose from in the air fork world, right? I've tried KYB PSF1. That is decent, but I will say this AERWP air fork is better than that. It has Front-end traction, that's what I'm amazed about, right? So this whole thing started, this open letter started, because I was amazed of how much front-end traction I actually do have with the KTM, Husqvarna, Gas Gas, even though I don't like the fork that much. Back in the day when they first started with this air fork technology shit, I didn't have a lot of front-end traction, even though they were claiming that you would get more with this fork. I got less. Time went on, the fork developed, now the crust or the beginning of the stroke is a little bit better. And now us air fork riders have more fun and traction, amazingly enough. So kudos in that area. But overall, comfort and just over the course of the day, I get less change, less variation with the spring fork. I don't want to chase it during the day. I want to concentrate on my riding. I want to concentrate on my lap times. I want to concentrate on getting better or having fun. And the air fork is just tougher to do that for me in those areas. It can happen, and it's not horrible. If you'd said, oh, what would you rather have, an AER fork or a Showa um, SFF Air? I'd be like, well, shit, WP AER all day. Showa SFF Air was horrible. So... It's not like the suspension is bad on these bikes, and it honestly doesn't really matter to me the 10-millimeter lowering um, difference on the Husqvarna. Yes, I feel it a little bit from side to side. I can actually move the bike side to side a little bit better. Um, stability is as good as a KTM or Gas Gas. not really improved. So even on the Rockstar editions that are coming out, the 450, they went back to normal 
uh, KTM uh, length settings. It's not even the lowered settings. So I think it's just something that they're trying to break away from KTM with. And dropping it 10 millimeters is a good pitch for us to be like, oh, yeah, you get a little bit better cornering and you get a little bit more stability because lower to the ground. It's a little bit better, but it's not something that I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm getting the Husky because of that. Just so FYI. Ergos and all these bikes, love them. I wouldn't say it is as good as a Honda, but it's right near there. I like, even though the Husqvarna has a low bar band, KTM has a low bar band, Gas Gas has a low bar band, I still like it. I'm six foot. I can move around. I can find the balls of my feet really easy with these three bikes. Like when I get back on the pegs, my feet find the balls, aka home, really easy with this. On the Yamaha, dude, I'm almost riding on my heels at times. I got to move my legs back, move my feet back. Easy to find the correct body positioning on these three bikes. Rhino would be proud of you guys if you rode these bikes because if you saw a picture of you riding one of these three bikes, chances are very high that you would be riding on the balls of your feet if you have a, a size 9 to 12 shoe. So that's just something I wanted to note. For me, at least, on these three bikes, ergos are nice, bars suck, Hydraulic clutch is awesome. Uh, I'm still a fan of the cable clutch, but nonetheless, I like that the hydraulic clutch doesn't fade or move around over the course of the day. Brembo brakes are the best brakes in the business. Very strong, not grabby, easy to use. You can charge into corners harder. I love the Brembo brakes. So these three bikes are a great buy. And for me... Uh, just the spring fork is holding it back for me if I was doing a shootout from winning. So uh, for me, uh, kudos to those guys over there for pushing the boundaries and helping Japan move their bikes along to create better motorcycles for all of us, right? Uh, let's move it on to the Honda CRF250R, the choice of Aiden Kiefer in 2021. I tried to get him on a Kawasaki. He does like it, and he does come back at times like, oh, this thing's feeling really good. I laugh because he gets confused, just like his dad. I will ride something that's really good. I'm like, ah, dang, this thing's really good. I got to go back out on it and compare it with you know, another bike. And I do that several times in a week. Uh, that's where Aiden was at. So nonetheless, he chose a Honda because he's 125 pounds. He's light. The Honda's easy to manage. doesn't have a lot of bottom end. It rolls on nice, easy to corner. So the Honda, for me is the chassis package leader. Um, which is crazy because the 450 is the opposite of that opposite of that for me. It's it's rigid, it's twitchy, it's hard to ride. Well now the CRF 250R still feels planted. It's not rigid, maybe a little bit stiff, but not horrible. But man, it corners nice, it's predictable, it stays in the corner. It's fun to ride. Yes, it doesn't have a lot of power, but when you add power to it, it likes it, and it makes the bike even more fun to ride. And so for me, uh, this is, even though the, the engine isn't the best engine in a 250 world, you know, like I'm telling you guys earlier, like in the 250 world, the engine is everything. Even though this isn't the best engine, the chassis is so damn good, it forces you to ride harder which in turn can drop your lap times, if that makes sense. Um, the character of the engine rolls on smooth. Has, in map three, there's three maps on the Honda, it does have some snap, 
but it's just not going to you know pop out of corners. It's smoother. It's more calculated. And then thing revs for days. It's as good as the KTM on the and the Husqvarna up on top in an over rev. Third gear, it'll go for days. Um, fourth gear is very usable, which is rare in the 250 world. Like I use fourth gear a lot in the CRF 250R. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing in the gearbox or the designers of that. But nonetheless, I use fourth gear a lot. It pulls it and it pulls very long. So the engine is actually really exciting from mid to top, just doesn't have a lot of low end feel, which in turn helps kids coming off of 125s or lighter kids uh, don't have a lot of meat on their bones. So this bike could actually benefit them to break them into the four-stroke world without going to scare the shit out of them, right? Um, again, chassis, as good as cornering as the KTM. I think it's very, very close. All of those bikes corner the easiest. If you like a Japanese feel, a uh, more front-end biased feel, the Honda is that, and that'll get you in the corner the quickest. If you're more neutral, um, those are the steel frame bikes. They'll get you in the corner really nice, but... Nonetheless, Aiden is a front-end steering guy. I am a front-end steering guy. You can get in your corners really, really good with this. And uh, straight-line stability at Glen Helen coming down the hills doesn't really um, have any deflection. Uh, being a little bit of a stiffer-natured chassis, you would think you get a little bit more deflection leaning the bike in on throttle. This is where I always get that, always get that um, harsh, stiff deflection feel. So if you can picture in your mind... Uh, leaning your bike on a sweeper under load, under throttle, and you're hitting the edges of square edge or bumps, this is where you can feel the compliancy of a chassis. Anytime you're at a track and you want to know the compliancy of your chassis, go to the point in a track where you're leaning on throttle, hitting bumps, and see if it deflects or if it sticks. If it deflects, the chances are your suspension is a little bit stiff or your chassis is stiffer nature. The Honda doesn't do that like its big brother, the 450. I cannot, for the life of me, be on the throttle leaning on the edge of my tires and hit bumps on a Honda 450. I will get kicked, deflected. I feel like I don't have any fucking knobs on my tires. It's, it's a rough experience for me. But the 250 handles it good. Love it. Planted. You ride harder. Like I said, this chassis invites you to ride a little bit above your means, which in turn, if you're in shape, will help you become a better rider. Suspension, kudos to the guys at Showa for building a blend of comfort as well as performance for a wide range of guys. Like the Yamaha, where you can be 140 to 180 and it does it well. Same thing with this bike. Yes, it's a little bit soft if you're on the heavier side, but it handles the bumps really good. Um, the range of a 140 to 180 pound guy can hop on a CRF 250 and have a good time. It's going to be planted. It's going to feel safe, and you're not going to bottom the shit out of it if you're upwards um, on the scale of uh, what should be on a 250F, right? So Showa did a great job. I do run about 104, 105 millimeters of sag on most of these bikes. That seems to be a good base. Um, if you're a front-end steering guy, you want a little bit more front-end bite, go to a little bit higher, 103. Just make sure to compensate on your fork height. With the, the Honda, I drop the fork from 5 millimeters to 3 millimeters, run a 105 sag. That is a great balance for stability and cornering. 
and uh, get you in and out of areas that you need to get in and out of in a hurry with control. That is what dirt bikes is all about, right? Control and stability. That's what you want out of your machine. You want that out of your body as well. You want control, length of time on the bike, but nonetheless, 3 mil on the fork height and 105 on the sag, that'll get you all of those things combined. Um, brakes, front end, front brake's really nice. If you drag the rear brake a little bit, it'll squeak. I noticed that if I glaze that disc on the Honda, it will squeak and um, make a little bit of noise, but nonetheless, strong front brake. Nothing wrong with that Nissan power up front. Uh, the Ergos, again, very good. 839 Renthal Fat Bar Handlebar. You can find the balls of your feet very nicely on the Honda as well. The seat foam will break down. So if you guys are washing your bikes with your seat on, just know that that water will seep through your seat cover and soften that foam. And you'll break down the density of your foam and you'll be hitting the seat pan in no time. So uh, you can buy a, a filter cover. Uh, from Twin Air, you can take your seat off, wash your airbox out, and just leave your seat to the side. Use some simple green or some kind of solution to clean the seat cover. That's what I do. That's what I would recommend. So that way your foam doesn't break down. If your foam does break down in any one of these bikes, go to Guts Racing. They don't sponsor the show, but I just like Andy and what he has and the stuff that he brings to the table as far as seat, seat foam, seat pans, wings for your seat. He does a lot of different shit for uh, seats in general for motocross. So you can go check out GutsRacing.com for that. And last but not least, the RMZ, guys. No, I haven't talked to Suzuki. No, they haven't reached out to me. No, I don't have an RMZ here. I'm just going to tell you about what I rode last year and uh, how I do still think it's a viable choice for some guys out there. I don't want to sit there and go, yep, they're not here. I haven't talked to them, so fuck Suzuki. No, that's not the case. RMZ is really good off the bottom to mid-range. If you're looking for snappy power bottom to mid, RMZ is really good. It's not going to pull you very far on the top end to over-rev, but nonetheless, snappy, exciting, low-end feel, and just a fun, short-shifting motor. Similar to the Yamaha, just not as much. Uh, a little bit more of a freer-feeling RM engine than the Yamaha, but just not as much torque, but has Really nice RPM response. Put the white coupler in it. You get a little bit better free feeling and a little bit snappier RPM response. And it, it works really well, especially for um, maybe guys that have a tendency to make mistakes in corners. This RMZ power down low really can help that situation. Um, the ECU setting is not the cleanest, so that's why I go to a white coupler on the on the Suzuki. And that seems to be the best one for uh, no matter what time of year or elevation. I'm at 3,000 feet where I live right now, and I run the white coupler. I go down the hill, what we call in California, down the hill to tracks like Glen Helen and, and Fox Raceway. And I still run the white coupler down there. So if you guys are in the RMZ world, run the white coupler. It'll help you get a little bit cleaner setting um, down low in the mid-range. Chassis, it's stiff. It's the stiffest out of all the bikes here. A um, couple things. The chassis stiff as well. Suspension is way oversprung. I do not know why they oversprung it. Holy shit. It is built for a 200-pound freaking man. Man beast. So if you're heavier, 
chances are that suspension is going to be just fine. If you're 200 pounds, stock suspension's fine. And that is so rare for me to talk about in the production world. If you're 200 pounds, <coughs> excuse me, you are screwed. You're going to have to get springs. You have to get heavier springs, maybe some valving. But RMZ250, nah, you're good. No problem. Stiff-ass springs. I went down a spring. Uh, I remember I did a shootout here a couple years ago. And I went down a spring rate on the RMZ250, and it was so much better. I was like, oh, my God. Not as rigid. Still better. So if you guys are 170 pounds, you might want to drop the spring rate. Weird, I know, but that's the case. Brakes, middle of the road for me. Not as uh, good as the Honda or the Yamaha. Uh, Ergos are actually pretty nice. I like the Ergos of the Suzuki. Feel slim. Chassis, again, stiffer nature, but thing does corner like a son of a bitch corners front end steering total type of bike uh feels light in area two and area three of the corner so once you're in um feels as good as a honda then area two to three it feels lighter than a honda and then man it just almost does the cornering for you when the track gets rough that's when you're going to struggle chassis is a little bit rigid that um plant that I like, that feeling that I like on throttle while leaning over bumps, this is a struggle for the Suzuki. It does deflect, has a little bit of harsh feeling. Um, the The tires on here uh, doesn't really connect with the ground in that area. So there's some shortcomings of the RM, but you know what? You can find those bikes for really, really cheap. Um, I had a buddy that bought one, 5800 bucks, $5,800. For a brand new 250. I mean, if you're new to the sport and you want to save some money, you just want to go ride and have a good time, that is what I would be all about. I would be all about 5800 bucks. I have a fun bike. I can still do all the same shit my buddy does. Um, are you going to know any better? Maybe not. Obviously, I'm nitpicking a lot of shit on this podcast, but maybe you won't feel it, and you don't need all the power. You just want to have a good time. That is what we need in our sport. Um, without having Chinese-built bikes, you know? Uh, we have a quality Japanese-built machine, 5800 bucks, Dude, and I'm telling you guys what, we haven't talked a lot about durability in these, in these bikes, but Suzuki has good durability. Don't hate com Suzuki thinking that they're pieces of shit because they're not. I've ran Suzukis before for a full year, 75 hours of sand riding, trail riding, moto riding, and have done nothing to it, so... To say Suzuki isn't quality, I think, is unfair. Suzuki has a lot of good qualities to it, and durability is one of those I would I would venture to say. Like, I'll put my neck out there and say Suzuki does a great job on the price versus durability standard. So um, something to look into. Suzuki, hopefully they'll uh, get a hold of me here soon and... Uh, <laughs> Give me some new bikes to test. I'd love to go ride a Suzuki and be a different at the track, right? Because you don't see too many Suzukis. It's like Suzuki's like a Jeep wave. You know that? You're a Suzuki guy, and you're at the Suzuki, uh, and you have the Suzuki in the back of your truck, or you know, see another dude, and you just kind of like head nod him, like, what's up, man? What's up, man? Because you're a Suzuki rider. They should have like a secret handshake or a wave. Suzuki Army, RM Army handshake. That's what you guys should have. All right. That's the breakdown of the machines. Let's break down 
these 11 categories. So I'm going to rip down these categories just so you know you can kind of get ready. Uh, if you're in the car or whatever, you can kind of get ready for what I'm about to say. So the, one of the categories is vet rider less than 200 pounds. The other one, vet rider more than 200 pounds. Aggressive light rider under 200. Okay. Um, I would say the aggressive light rider under 200 would be like um, a B-kid, um, intermediate, racing type, that kind of aggressive light rider. Uh, a lugging type of lazy smooth rider. So you can just say, hey, man, maybe these two combined, maybe the vet rider more than 200 as well as the lugger lazy smooth guy are the same dudes. But maybe you're not 30 years old. Maybe you're a younger kid and... You like to lug, and you want to be a smoother type of rider. That's that category. Ergo's over six foot. Ergo's under six foot. Front end steering, rear end steering, west coast type of machine, east coast type of machine, and, of course, threw in some off-road mix. If you're an off-road hybrid type of guy, we're going to have that broken down for you as well. Hey, just going to take a quick commercial break. Do not go to the bathroom. Just wait. Hold it. Pinch it. Just wait. Listen to these reads. Then go to the bathroom. Push pause. And then come back. Smile. Have a good time. Feel less bloated. Continue our life together here. Rocky Mountain ATVMC.com. Kiefer Tested Podcast. Commercial time. Be right back. All-American Chevrolet in Colleen, Texas is a proud supporter of Keeper Inc. and invites everyone to experience the difference for all of your Chevy sales and service needs. Mention Keeper Inc. and get 50% off your next oil change and a front end alignment at no charge. Remember, whether you're hauling your bikes to the weekend track, trail, or race, or commuting to the job that pays for your moto habit, we have the truck to get you there in style. Visit us online anytime at ChevyColleen.com. That's All-American Chevrolet of Colleen. Chevy, find new roads. ScreenPrintingDone.com T-shirts! Get your sassy T-shirts! Yeah! Good morning. We didn't catch your name last night. ScreenPrintingDone.com I'm not supposed to be within 200 feet of a Chuck E. Cheese. I need that shirt. Where'd you get that shirt? ScreenPrintingDone.com Let's get into this T-shirt. It's a cute top. Where'd you get that shirt? ScreenPrintingDone.com That does sound awesome. I see things no one should ever see. I got a pretty dope sense of humor, bro. ScreenPrintingDone.com <laughs> You an older dude looking to race some races, maybe looking to do some longer motos? OregonOldTimers.com is coming out with a new 2021 schedule. We will have that up on the new shows in January, so check them out. OregonOldTimers.com. Any questions about going to the Old Timers Association, hit me up, Chris, at KieferInkTesting.com, and I'll help you out. See you guys at the races next year. Hey, Kiefer, what oil should I run? What weight should I run? Lots of emails coming in about oil. You know what I choose? Bloodlubricants.com, 1040 Pro Series Synthetic Oil. If you guys haven't run Blood Lubricants Synthetics, you should try it. Email Jeff over there at Blood Lubricants, info at bloodlubricants.com. Mention the code Kiefer, get 25% off a case of oil. I run the 1040 Pro Series in all of my test bikes here. It works great. Keeps the engine cooler as well. Clutch life is enhanced and longer. I go through clutches on that Yamaha YZ450F every 10 hours. Now I can go 15 hours. So great oil. Email Jeff over there. Use the code. Save yourself some money. 
Email me, chris at keferinktesting.com if you have any questions about the oil. I'm happy to help. You got a new bike? Hell, you got an old bike? Go to ride-engineering.com. You can use the code KT25 to get 25% off. If you're looking for anything chassis-related, clamps, bar mounts, axle blocks, whatever it is, they even got calipers, brakes. They do it all over there at ride-engineering.com. So go check them out. Use the code. Save yourself some money. If you have any questions, you guys know the email. Visit them. Ride-engineering.com. Hey, did you crash? Or maybe you're just looking for a different handlebar bend. Go to protaper.com and go look at the Evo and Fusion line handlebars. I run the Fusion on the KTM 450, and I run the Evo on the YZ450F. Doesn't matter what you are. You like crossbars? You don't want a crossbar? Protaper has it. They got grips. Dude, they got some nice, soft grips. I'm a half-waffle soft guy. Greatest grips ever. Go check them out. The race cut grips? Come on. I am an SX Race Evo and Fusion guy, so go check them out, protaper.com. And if you guys are wondering about handlebar dimensions, go to keyforinktesting.com. There's a complete article on which handlebar dimension is best for your bike. Go search around. It's a fun article. Keyforink testing, it's a great place to do it. You know what else is? ProTaper. ProTaper.com. Maybe you're at home or in the car and you listen to the Kiefer Tested podcast. Maybe you already own a home. Maybe you're looking to purchase. You know what? Rates are down, so maybe you should try refinancing now. I know Heather and I just did. You can pull cash out, debt consolidation, or maybe you just need some credit score advice. Deal with a professional that has been in the business for 25 years, dude. And this guy rides. He's a good dude. Zach Morris. No, not saved by the bell, Zach Morris. He's licensed in California, Nevada, and Colorado. You can call or text Zach at Plum Creek Funding, 720-212-4685. If you guys have any questions about Zach, hit me up, chris at keyforinktesting.com, or just simply text him yourself, 720-212-4685. Plum Creek Funding, Zach Morris, hit him up. You guys looking to buy a new bike? 2021s are out. Go to Power Motorsports. That's right. They're in Oregon. Powermotorsports.com. If you guys want a deal on a Yamaha, ooh, or a Kawasaki, ah, or maybe, just maybe, you want a KTM. They got them all there. They have Kiefer Inc. testing special discounts. Email me, chris at kieferinktesting.com, and I will get you in touch with david sibley that's right david sibley at power motorsports he knows the drill he knows kiefer ink testing gives the best deals possible and so do power motorsports hit him up powermotorsports.com all right guys thanks for listening to those commercials i appreciate it support these advertisers that support this podcast it helps us keep this thing moving keeps me talking if you like my voice <laughs> support the advertisers if you hate my voice then screw it Turn the podcast off and move it along. Go somewhere else. Um, go somewhere more monotone than my voice. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So if you're looking to buy a bike and you're a vet rider that is less than 200 pounds, look, I'm a vet guy. I want to go race Oregon Old Timers Association. I'm going to Glen Helen. I'm going to Mesquite. I like this series, but I just don't need 450 cc's of fury, right? My ass will get arm pumping three laps, 
but I can ride a 250 longer. I'm better at that. 20-minute motos over there at Old Timers uh, Association. May not get the best starts on a 250, but I can hang on and I can ride it for 20 minutes, right? Which bike is that honed in on for? So that's what I really try to do here in this podcast. What bike is honing in on the vet rider that is less than 200 pounds? Here's my thing, and this is going to be about a little bit about a both uh, for the vet rider, okay? Vet rider, it's hard to beat a YZ250F if you're less or more than 200 pounds. Why? Because if you're a vet guy, you want uh, to work, just like I said earlier, you want to work smarter, not harder. 150-pound guy, vet guy, you can lug it. You can run third gear because I'm sure it'll pull you because you're light enough. If you're over 200 pounds, second gear on the Yamaha is torquey enough to get you out of corner. So for me, the Yamaha is the machine to have if you're a vet guy, just simply because of torque feeling. That's it. Now, if you're a vet guy and wants to have a little bit of a smoother power, and maybe you're not racing, right, and you just want to have a good time, the KTM Husqvarna and Gas Gas are good picks. Yes, the AER fork is not as good as a spring fork, but chances are if you're a vet guy, you're going to spend money on a spring fork. You have money, right? That's what I've noticed over the years of doing this stuff. The vet guy has more money and wants to do more things to the bike than just leaving it stock. Chances are pretty damn high you're going to buy a cone valve fork, uh, revalve your shock, and those three bikes, the KTM, Husqvarna, and Gas Gas, are really fun bikes to ride if you're a vet guy and you're spending a little bit of money on those bikes. So that would be my recommendation. Aggressive, light rider, okay? Think of the the B-class kid coming in here, like Aiden, racing, riding, under 200 pounds, aggressive, Likes to rev his shit. Is hard on bikes. The Honda or the Kawasaki is the machines to have. I've I've spent many weeks with Aiden on this, and come to the conclusion that spring fork high revving motorcycles are the best for these types of kids. So if you're looking at an aggressive light rider under two hundo, Honda or KX. All right, what about that? lugger that lazy guy that smooth guy maybe not 30 years old but you're just man i just want to be lazy i just want to hang out and just and ride my bike (laughs) sounds like a guy who smokes a lot of weed and going riding um lugging lazy smooth guy ktm honda i'm sorry ktm husqvarna or the gas gas to me has that built-in power already. It's long, it's linear, it's connected, it's lazy. You can be in second gear for a long amount of time. Second gear in these KTMs, Husqvarna's, and Gas Gases, I think these three bikes pull second gear the longest. So you can be lazy in second gear if you're just relaxed and coming out of a corner, you're not in a big hurry. And for me, these lugging lazy smooth guys would like that power as well as a Yamaha. So again, anytime you want to lug, anytime you want to be lazy, the Yamaha is going to come into play because it just has a lot of torque. But on the flip side of that, there's a different type of lazy rider, right? So that lazy guy, um, the other lazy guy could be a second gear kind of dude. Maybe he's not a third gear lugging type of guy. Maybe he's just 
coming out of a corner in second gear and wants a smoother type of buildup versus the Yamaha, which has more excitement but still can, you know, short shift. This KTM Husqvarna gas gas, maybe you can't short shift like the Yamaha, but you can leave it in each gear longer than the Yamaha. So there's a different type of lazy if you guys can see what I'm trying to paint you guys right now. Um, this, this is not lugging in high gear. There's a, there's a guy who likes to leave it in a low gear and rev the shit, of it, shit out of it, and that's still lazy. So KTM, Husqvarna, Gas Gas, or a Yamaha, those are the bikes. Ergo's over six foot. Tall dudes, still want to ride 250. I see it. I hear it. I read about it all the time. They're still out there. KTM and Honda obviously have the best Ergos over six foot. The Husqvarna bar is a little bit lower. So for me, I think it fits a shorter rider a little bit better. So the KTM is a little bit taller. And the Honda just fits a guy. Like for me, fits all different types of dudes. You're over six foot, it feels good. You're under six foot, it feels nice. The Hondas in the Ergos uh, over or under six foot category is great. So ride red, over six foot or under if Ergos are your thing and that's what you're honing in on. Ergos under six foot, the Yamaha is probably the best for you just because you're a little bit shorter. The cockpit will feel better. It has that dip in the seat. You'll be able to touch the ground. Um, even though if you look at the measurements on paper, it actually looks like the Yamaha is high. But I have been at the track, had a 5'8 guy almost flat foot on the Yamaha. So that seat pan, the way that seat is made, comes into play. So Ergo's under six foot. The Yamaha will fit you. Front-end steering riders, there's nothing better than a Suzuki or Honda, guys. Plain and simple. Rear-end steering, KX, KTM, Husqvarna, or Gas Gas is good. I will say the steel frame bikes are more neutral steering machines. But if you're a rear-end steering guy, you like to use that throttle to bring your ass in around. The KX still does that well. Even though it's more front-end biased than ever before, you can still feel that rear-end styling nature when I come into a corner and swing it around by a berm. It just does it the easiest. It's plain and simple. The Kawasaki still has that feeling. All right, West Coast guy, you're out there racing and riding on the West Coast. Which is the bike for you? This is tough for me to categorize, guys. It's really hard because a lot of these bikes, for me, would work in East or West Coast. So... I like to break it down because I know you guys are up my ass about this kind of thing, but the KX or the YZ on the West Coast simply because it has the most comfort. We have harder packed dirt. We have square edge, unlike East Coast, where it's softer, bigger bumps, sharper bump. Um, and the KX has that smoother low end, so you can get a little bit more rear attraction. And the YZ has a little bit you know, snappier throttle response, but you can lug it and still get the rear-wheel traction that way. Just simple fact of chassis feeling, those two bikes are the best on the West Coast. East Coast, guys, I will say the Yamaha is still good because it has a good torque, good RPM response, and gets you hop over those soft bumps better. And then also, for me, the Honda. Now, the Honda doesn't have that bottom end that you may think, well, fuck, dude, uh, my East Coast track's deep, sandy. You can ride the shit out of the Honda more aggressively with that chassis in those soft conditions, and you can get in and out of those ruts and those corners easier with the Honda. Trust me. Went back east, rode a Honda. I was like, man, 
I talk a lot of shit on a Honda 450 out here on the West Coast, but when I go back east, I would like that chassis because it's stiffer and it's softer and the bump isn't as as um, tough-natured as some of your guys' bumps back east. You guys have a softer, bigger bump, but out here we have a smaller, harder bump, so that chassis just doesn't really want to work in the 450 world um, out in the West Coast. But on this 250 side, man, you can get in and out of those bumps on the East Coast with this chassis, with the Honda, and you can ride it more aggressively. So the Honda and the YZ are my picks for the East Coast dirt. Off-road, guys, look, it's going to be hard to beat a KX or a KTM, Husqvarna, or Gas Gas. Those bikes work really good in off-road, st- stable, um, high speeds. They have longer revving, top-end power. So KTM, Husqvarna, Gas Gas, or the KX would be the bikes with the most comfort and the most top end to get you um, to be happy if you go to the off-road race or you go to the motocross track. So those are my picks. Hopefully that kind of hones you in on which bike you guys want. Um, as always, you guys know this, Chris at KieferIncTesting.com. Do not DM me. Please, for the love of Christ, do not DM me on my social media and ask me all these questions. Hey, man, I just have something real quick. No, I I just don't want to do it on the DM. I don't want to sit there on my phone and type. Sometimes I'll answer short questions on a DM, but there's an email. My door is open for you guys. I'm here to help. If I didn't cover something in this podcast or other shows, I'm happy to help you guys. My door is open. I want an open line of communication to help you spend your money wisely. It's 2021. We're not made of money. Times are tough. But you guys still want to ride dirt bikes. That's what I'm here for. That's what KieferInkTesting.com is built on. That's why I'm here. I'm not trying to sales pitch you. I just want to help you, but just try to go the right avenues for me to help you. Uh, My whole life isn't to look around on every social media outlet or device to try to help you. I have an outlet, email, and also um, when I'm at the track, you see me, feel free. You are not bothering me come by, you have a question, I am happy to help, even though I'm in, if you hear me yelling at Aiden at the track, just come by anyway, Aiden gets yelled at a lot anyway, so it's not a big deal, just come on by the van, I'm happy to help you guys, Um, so those two avenues are the best for me, email, if you see me at the track, let's talk, and uh, we'll get you down the road, getting your money spent wisely, and having a better time on your motorcycle, that's what I'm about, I'm about soul riding, having a good time, racing, anything that makes you smile riding two wheels, that's what I'm about. Yes, even e-bikes. Steve, even e-bikes. You'd be surprised. Steve actually listened to a lot of podcasts over the Christmas break. And to my surprise, listened to a couple of them that I had, that I did, and that I was on. So shocking, I know. Um, But nonetheless, thank you guys for supporting these, these sponsors on the show. And hopefully this way of the non-shootout kind of helps explain things a little bit more. I know there's roundtables out there. There's other, other media outlets. There's shootouts. So gather whatever information you have from them, from me, and use it to spend your money on what you're going to be the most happy with. It's like a marriage. You're going to marry your wife or marry your husband based on how much you get along, how much you have in common, how much love you have for them. That's the same thing 
with a $10,000 motorcycle. You have to love it. Uh, nothing else worse than spending your money on something you really don't like and you look at it every time you go in the fucking garage and you're like, what a money pit that piece of shit is, right? So that is not what we're here to do. We're here to guide you and help you and uh, have fun. That's what it's about too, man, right? It's not just about getting you the information. It's about smiling, laughing, having a good time, and hopefully we can do both right here on the Kiefer Tested Podcast. I will be back next week. Hey, Kiefer, what about that gear podcast? Yep, I know. It's almost done. There was a late entry on gear, so I had to put enough time on it. I put some time on it um, over the holiday break while I was writing. And just to clear up some things in case you're this far along on this podcast, yes, this podcast is sponsored by FXR Racing, but that doesn't mean... All we're going to do is suck FXR's you-know-what. I love FXR racing. I like the gear. But there's also other gear that I wear that I like, that I'm honest with, that I can tell you what to buy. It's not just FXR. So if you guys have questions about gear, it wasn't just about Fly. It wasn't just about FXR. Um, Those are companies that I believe in that come on board with the show. But we're still going to test gear. We're still going to give you the honest feedback. We're still going to tell you what rips, what lasts, what, what doesn't. So, as always, we will hit you with the gear podcast coming up. Have to finish putting the the right amount of time slash criteria on this last set of gear, and we'll get you all the information, pricing, fitment, function, durability. We're going to do all that in the gear shootout pod. I'm going to have a couple guests with me in the studio to do that that have helped me with this, and uh, different body types. I'm Dick and Ribs. I have a a, a blue-collar portly guy. I have a, an emo, fluffy guy. I have all different kinds of guys. So we're going to hone in on that and get you that information out as well. Thank you for joining me. Have a great, great week. Happy New Year. Stay safe. Be nice to everyone. Do one thing nice for someone every day. Make yourself feel better. Help that person out. And uh, I'll see you guys at the track. Peace.